Hey friends, you're listening to the Hope Blooms podcast where Haley Hope and her friends tell stories of faith, hope, and healing. If you're looking for a podcast that will inspire, uplift, and encourage, then this is it. Let's do this journey together and share hope along the way. Welcome to episode 14 of the Hope Blooms podcast. I have such a special guest on the pod today. I can't wait for you to meet one of my very best friends, Emily Craig. She is an amazing wife, mom, friend, elementary school teacher, and our anniversary twin. Um, We'll talk more about that in a few minutes, but I just wanted to let everyone know that this conversation is going to be a sensitive one. One that can touch a lot of people in a hard way. We're going to talk about fertility. We're going to talk about miscarriage. And so if that makes you triggered or it makes you upset when people talk about uh, miscarriage or having a baby, I just want you to know that feel free to skip this one. Um, But otherwise, I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with one of my best friends in the world, Emily Craig. Hi, Emily. I'm so excited for what we're going to talk about today. Of course, before we dive in, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, what you love, and what hope means to you. Hi. So, yeah, I'm Emily. Um, I am a wife and a mom to the sweetest little girl who I think by the time this comes out will have just turned one, which is crazy. Oh, my gosh. I know. Isn't that (laughs) wild? It seems like she's like five days old. Insane. Um, I am an elementary school teacher. I teach second grade. I am a Swifty. I'm an Enneagram 2. Let's go. A mostly recovering people pleaser, I think. (laughs) It's a process. Um, It's a process. Yes. Um, I love to hang out with friends, drink coffee. I love to bake. I really want to say that I like to like garden and read and things like that, but I think really... I like the idea of that yeah, more exactly. than I actually like doing it. <laughs> Love to binge watch some TV, though. It's like I mean, my favorite thing. If you're a teacher and you don't come home and take your shoes off and watch TV, I don't know how you do it. Or drink coffee. Like, there's some teachers that oh don't drink gosh. coffee, and I don't relate to My them husband does not drink coffee. I do not get him. And yeah. he wakes up so much earlier than me. Drew is in the other room, and I know he can hear me. I do not get him. <laughs> I do not get you, Drew. So weird to me. Anyway, um, what does hope mean to you? Yeah, so this has actually been fun as I've been listening to previous episodes <laughs> of your podcast. I've been like, gosh, like what does hope mean to me? Like, how would I say that? Yeah. Um, and a quote came into my head. I would love for it to be like a scripture verse that would just be like really awesome. This is not from scripture, but I do think that it is biblical. Um, the quote that I thought about was one that I have loved for a long time and it's everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, then it's not the end. And I just think like, obviously, you know, as believers, like we know that we get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus and everything will be perfect. Like there's no pain, there's no suffering, no sadness, like all of those things. Um, but I also think like we get to experience that here on earth. Like, I just look back at my life, and I truly don't think there has ever been a place where, like, I have had really sad, deep feelings or really hard circumstances, and that I've been left there, like, that that was just the end. Um, Everything in my life that has been, like, hard or sad or frustrating, like, maybe hasn't been healed completely, but there has always been some movement out of that, yeah, you know, like it sure. has gotten better yeah. or it has gotten easier or lighter or whatever. And so just thinking like, okay, when you're in those deep places, just remembering like God has never left me here in this place before. Yeah. And I know that he is not going to do that in the future. Like he's going to continue to bring me out of this. And like, I think when you're in a hard thing for a season and you know, like, okay, like 
the newborn phase as a mom. Like, okay, they are not going to wake up at 3 a.m. for the rest of their lives. Hopefully. It is okay. (laughs) I can get through this. Like, just knowing that there is light at the end can make it easier sometimes when you're, like, in the midst of it. Yeah. Can you say that quote again? Yes. Everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, then it's not the end. Mm. That's good. Yeah. And it makes, that does make me think of Romans 8, 28. Yeah. Like, and we know in all things, God works for the good mm-hmm. of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Like, he does work all things for good. Yeah. Um, it might not be good right now or good according to us, but you might be able to look back and be like, oh, maybe it is good now. Right. Maybe, maybe that season is, has passed and I'm moving on. Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about seasons of our lives, and we know that, like, God created the seasons. Winter, spring, summer, fall. And, like, when you think about winter, you think about it being dormant. You think about, like, the leaves dying off and th- and things being pruned and God working under the soil that we can't see. And people were, like, talking about... Um, our season in our life doesn't always depict the season outside. Mm, yeah. And like, we're going to be talking about kind of a wintry season. Yeah. For in your life that you guys walked through. Um, and so I just want people who are listening, like, what season are you in? Like, are mm. you in the spring and the fruitfulness and the harvest and the summer and all, I think about all the delicious fruit that's in season and all these things or are you slowing down and it's fall or is it winter and is it dark and feels like the sun never comes up yeah um so we're gonna be talking about like navigating grief and finding hope and those two things can happen at the same time um and that feels hard that feels like in my left hand, I have grief, and in my right hand, I I want hope, but that feels, my left hand feels heavy, and my right hand's like, are you there, God? Um, and so I just wanted to preface by saying, and I know I gave kind of like a trigger warning in the beginning, but we're going to talk about super sensitive topics today, and if topics around fertility or miscarriages are triggering for you, this is permission from me and from Emily. Yeah. To turn this off. Mm -hmm. Um, And personally, for me, talking about fertility is sensitive. And some days I have trouble listening to podcasts just like this one. And I want you to take care of yourself. So if that means we'll see you next week. Love you, mean it, bye. Like, breathe deep, breathe out, and look for hope around you today. But um, if you are wanting to kind of dive into this conversation or you're like, I hope that someone feels just like me. Yeah. Um, or maybe you've gone through this season in your life already, Uh, we'd love for you to listen to this conversation. But if not, turn it off. See you later. Love you, mean it. Um, Yeah, so. All right, friend. So before we, like, dive into the deep and the hard and the heavy, will you give us a quick overview of your life with Jesus and where it's taken you? Yeah, Um, So I grew up in Southwest Virginia, um, about an hour from where I am now. So I'm pretty much have been a homebody hanging out here in Southwest Virginia. Let's go. Almost all of my life. Not West Virginia. Yes. Southwest, one word, Virginia. Virginia. Do not get that mixed up. No. Um, (laughs) Funny story. I studied abroad in college and I told them I was from Southwest Virginia And I was in Italy, and my sweet host family one day just wanted to make me feel at home, and they put on the song, Take Me Home. No, no! And they're like, it talks about West Virginia, where you're from! (laughs) And I, like, just, you know, Enneagram 2 here, did not have it in my heart to be like, I am absolutely not from West Virginia. If you are, love you. That's so great for you. We are not. No, no. Hot topic. Hot topic. That song, people believe should say Southwest Virginia. I agree with that. I want to claim that as like Virginia's song. Appalachia. Yes. Okay. Anyway. Definitely. Yeah. So grew up in southern Southwestern Virginia. <laughs> um, 
And so that is, you know, I think still part of, like, the Bible Belt, the South, you know, whatever. So church is just, like, part of our culture here. I think you meet more people who have gone to church at least once in their life than not. Um, So, and, you know, growing up, like, we went to church a lot and, like, believed. My family was really active in church, Um, grew up, like, going to Sunday school and going to service. And my mom served in church and all of these things. Um... And as it happens when you have three little kids, like, life gets busy. We stopped going as a family. Um, We all kind of started to have our own types of church that we liked. And so we just had a hard time really settling on one that was comfortable for us, which is totally normal. I think that happens to tons of families. Yes, agreed. Um, And then when I was in high school um, and could drive myself, I was like, okay, this is something that I really want to start doing. Um... So started going to church on my own, found a home church that I really loved. Um, my junior and senior year of high school just really dug into that. Um, I had a really hard time with the decision of where to go to college because I yeah, was sure. like really diving back into Jesus and thought that meant I need to go to a Christian college. Like that's what you do when you love Jesus. Um, and my mom said something that was really helpful, which was, you know, if you know Jesus and love Jesus, you can go somewhere and get poured into. Like, absolutely, that's super valuable. Or you can go somewhere else and be a light to other people and show Jesus to other people. Like, there's no wrong decision to make about where to go to college just because you love Jesus. Like, yeah. that doesn't have to put you in a box. Um, so I made the decision to go to a college that was not a Christian college, um, but was known for education, which is what I really wanted to do. Um, and there I got involved in a campus ministry, um, just really started again to like own my faith, think about, um, what does Jesus say about me? Like I have spent a lot of time knowing what I think I need to be or look like because I am, you know, a Christian and what that meant to me. Um, but came to college and really just learned about grace. Like, that was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can make mistakes, and God still loves me. I will make mistakes. And he knew that when he died for me. Like, yeah. he has known that all of my life, that I would make mistakes. I would do all of these things wrong. Um, and then just really became passionate about, like, gosh, this has just changed my life. Like, the freedom to make mistakes and still be loved and still be wanted um that Jesus comes to me even in those moments when I'm not coming to him like I just want everybody that I can tell that message to like I want them to hear that and I want them to have this freedom to understand grace to know what that means um and that still is where I am today you know I'm a public school teacher but I you know, show the love of Jesus. And I sneak things in when I can with the kids who are open to those conversations. Because I just, you know, we're talking today about hard seasons and I know what it's like. Um, And I want people to know what it feels like to walk on the other side of that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So you said that you, you started going to church when you could drive. Were you going by yourself? Yeah. So... You know, high school, this is how it is. I had gone with a boyfriend. Oh, you know, girl, you know it. You know how it is. (laughs) Um, And then we broke up, which was, you know, of course, tragic in high school when you break up with a boyfriend. Your life is over. Yes, just ruined. Um, But at the time, the church we were going to was just not really my vibe. And so I also kind of saw that as like my chance to say, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so I had a lot of friends who went to another church. So it was kind of like, I knew like I could go by myself, but not be alone. Like I had friends to sit with and, you know, I still had like my row that I sat in every week with whoever's family. And, you know, there was like a ton of people. I lived in a very small town. So it was like, I was there by myself, but knew everyone. So that's fine. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. That's awesome. Um, all right. So I want to talk about how we met because this is, I have a version and you have a version. (laughs) Yeah, so you share your version first. So it's funny to me what I was just talking about, about um, going and shining a light. Because, you know, when you go 
to college, what we did, I don't know if people still do this nowadays, but you, like, go on Facebook. Dude, you totally do it. The, like, freshman going to this school looking for a roommate, yes. and I was like, I want someone who loves Jesus and is not going to party all the time, which is hard to find sometimes when you're not going to a Christian school. Um, and so my dear friend Haley and I were, like, messaging back <laughs> that's and That's me. Haley, me. Yes, that's <laughs> Haley. We had never met in person. No. So we were messaging, and I was like, she loves Jesus. Great. Like, love that. Let's be roommates. Um, And she was like, you know, I just really feel called to live with someone else. Like, I really want to, like, show the love of Jesus to them. And I was like, can't be mad at her for that. Yeah. You know? Great. Fine. Um, So Haley and I, like, saw each other. We lived in the the same dorm. Yes. On the same floor, right? We lived, like, down the hall from each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we saw each other all the time. We had some classes together. Like, you know, just as you do. It was a small college, too. So you saw the same people. You had class with the same people. We both are in education. So you cross paths all the time. Right. Yeah. So then I remember that. Um, you got engaged, and then yeah. I got engaged not long after that. That's true. And then she invited me to her wedding, and I was like, <laughs> so sorry, can't come. I'm also getting married that day. Like, just, it's so funny to me the way that God has, like, braided our lives together yeah. before, like, we got to where we are now. Just amazing. So then it was my first year being married, first year teaching, both of which are wonderful, amazing, super, super hard like things. the hardest. Like, very hard. Yeah. And I was like, I just, like, it was one of those, oh, like, pity party for well, me. Is me. No one understands yeah. because yeah. there are people who are first year teachers and there are people who are newly married. But, like, of course, no one else in the whole is entire both. world is doing both of these things right now. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my gosh, what about Haley? Like, she was, like, this shining light. It was like, oh, like, the angelic voices, spotlight on her. So I was like, hey, let's hang out. Like, I'm really struggling. You're also in the same place. So we, like, hung out and made cookies together. Gluten-free cookies. It was fun. Yes. Talked about how hard our lives were and how good they were. But it was just. We just had a little pity party for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we love these things that we're doing. And our lives suck sometimes right now (laughs) just yeah Yeah. but it like I needed that so much like I needed someone to be in it with me and like I couldn't say well you don't get it because she literally did yeah like all of the things were like we've been married the exact same amount of days we've been a public school teacher the exact same amount of days right in COVID yeah gosh like insane you got married at an Airbnb yeah I got married with like a not less than a fifth of the people that I originally wanted to be at my wedding. And when Emily said, Oh, I actually can't come to your wedding because I'm getting married on the same day, I was like, Let's go. <laughs> First of all, uh oh darn, two free spots opened right, up. Exactly. Secondly, um, get it, girl. You know, like it's just funny, like we went to the same school. We never knew each other. Connected. We're going to be roommates. Um, that's funny that you said that because I, that's, that's, we got the same story. We got the same yeah. story. Um, and then just kind of did separate things at yeah. RU. Like, you were in elementary. I was, like, figuring out, am I going to be secondary? Am I going to be middle school? But you still have similar classes when you're in education. Um, and there's, like, only one course, only one, like, class period for that certain right. class that semester. So you cross paths a lot. But um, you were in a certain college ministry, and then I was in a college ministry, and then went on to the local church, um... And you're going to a separate church, which, mm-hmm. like we said, we're in the Bible Belt. There's 100,000 churches. Like, right. it's so funny on, I'm sure, on Facebook, there's a group for your town. And it's like, what's the best church to go yes. to? Oh my and gosh. They're, in our town, there's literally 50. So everyone from anywhere is like, go to this church. Oh, this church. Oh, this church. There's oh, like 200 church. comments on those posts every time. And what I want to comment is... If they preach the gospel, try it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like it, there's no best church here, there, whatever. Like, right. do they know Jesus? Preach about Jesus. Preach from the Bible. Know the gospel. 
It's not a cult. Gay. Right. <laughs> and it's not a competition. And, yeah. like, with us, like, it never felt that way. Yeah. Like, we were doing our own things and, like, cheering each other on. Like, great, she's doing these things for Jesus. Like, yeah. so am I. I hope she reaches lots of people. Yeah. And, like, it just, I don't know. I think that gets lost sometimes. Like, right. it's not a competition. If you love Jesus and you're trying to help other people love Jesus, you're on the same team. Right. Like, it's not a competition. Right. And that year, that first year, is that when you guys started going to the same church as us? Yes. So, it was, like, around September. So, like, you know, my brain works in, like, school years. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, like, the start of, like, second year of marriage, second year of teaching is when we started going to the same church. That's fun. Man, but it, I, we were talking the other day, Emily and I were talking, and with, we were in a group message with some other ladies and there was a picture of just a bunch of people our age. We're not all in the same season of our lives at all, but I texted the group and I was like, this is exactly what I prayed for. Yeah. Like in that first year you think, Oh, I've made it. I'm married. I have a job. And for me, I we had a brand new house I had a brand new last name. I was like, let's go. I've made it. And I am so lonely. Yeah. Because my friends in college moved away. And a lot of your friends moved away, yeah. too. Um, it but, was during COVID. So, like, even if right. they were here, like, you weren't going anywhere. Yeah. And, like, exactly. even some, like, churches were not having in-person meetings at the time. Yeah. So, it's like all of these things I did to meet people. Like, in high school, your friends are who you play sports with. Exactly. Or who you have class with. Yeah. Same in college. Like, who's in your same ministry? Who do you have class with? Now it's like... Yeah. I don't live in the town that I work in, yeah. so that's weird. A lot of them have kids in, like, high school, yeah. so we can't, like... I mean, we could, but it was just weird for us to you weren't just in hang a, out. They they had been there, but they're not there. Right, right and now. you can't, like... Yeah. I mean, some people, like, were still having in-person church, but a lot of people weren't. So it's, yeah. like, it almost feels like you're dating again. Like, you need an online dating app for, 100%. like, friends in your I actually think 20s. there might be one, but I, I don't know if I would recommend yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I recommend like, Facebook groups where you can just, like, put your, right. your bio. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, it. it's really weird how, like, all right, we were going to be in the same six feet by six feet together mm-hmm. dorm, in a dorm room. And then that didn't really work out. And then just kind of you stay connected through college, which happens right like you you friend all these people that are going to be freshmen and then your seniors and you're graduating or maybe you have an extra year or whatever and I got engaged and you got engaged it was like the friendship that you like commented on each other's stuff but you didn't really hang out you know that type of thing um and then I was like oh my gosh she's she's gonna stay around here she's gonna be a public school teacher like that in itself is a community, but also, um, I knew that she loved Jesus. I knew that she was pursuing that and, um, her husband and my husband are, we were like, you gotta be friends because we gotta hang out, do all the things. Um, so it's just funny how God has done that. And I love that. Yeah. So much. And we're both Enneagram twos. Yes. What is your favorite thing about being an Enneagram 2? You are the actual cookie cutter Enneagram 2 because if you look on like Christian Enneagram girls, they're like, oh, oh, you're sick. Let me bake you some cookies. Like that's Emily. Like, hey, you're sick. Gluten-free cookies. Okay, here you go. Yeah. Um, That's fun for me. Yeah. For me, I cannot relate really to that part of an Enneagram 2, <laughs> like making stuff for other people. I like to make stuff for myself because... I have allergies, but other people, I'm like, oh, do you have an allergy? Do you have an allergy? Right. What can I bring to your party? Can it be like a drink or something? Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you love about being an Enneagram too? Yeah. Um, I think I felt a lot of resentment at first, actually, about no! being an Enneagram too, oh. because of the people pleaser. I'm in a better place now, almost, <laughs> but because they read your mail. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I just, like, I don't know. There were times in my life where I just wanted to be that person that, like, didn't care so much about other people, you sure. know? Like, of it course. can be hard, and, like, God created me this way, and it's beautiful, and it's, like, part of his heart for people, so I'm, like, so thankful for that, but, gosh, like, there were times I just had, like, 
done something and someone was mad at me and I just was so envious of the people who were like, okay, whatever. Just like, I don't relate to that. Like my whole world is falling apart because like someone is mad at me. You send the text, are you mad at me? Right. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then they don't reply. If you are mad at me, like it, it is okay. But like, what can I do for you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Like, can we hang out? If not, it's okay. Like I really hope (laughs) we can, but I won't be mad at you if we can't. Like that is just... Kind of still me, but I have gotten a lot better. Um, I did lots of work because I was like, I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah, I don't want to be this way. I want to be sensitive to other people's feelings and not let other people's feelings rule my life. Like, that was just crippling to me. That is so hard. Yeah. As an Enneagram 2. Or if you have that part of an Enneagram 2, like maybe you're a 1 or a 3 and you really lean on that side of like I really care I really need validation from other people for me to believe that about myself yeah that's probably the hardest work for me that I still have to do is like that person does not have to give me validation to know that I am a cool person yeah or funny or do a good job right or do what I'm supposed to be doing like I don't need you to tell me that I need to believe it but that's hard for an Enneagram, too. So for people who, like, are confident in themselves, way to go. Great. Really proud not, Like, my biggest, biggest recommendation, the thing that I will say, like, book that changed my life um, by Dr. Henry Cloud yes. and Townsend. I can't remember his first name. They I like it. Yeah, they write, like, boundaries, and then there's all kinds of boundaries in dating, boundaries in friendship. Yeah. I don't know. They have all kinds. But they also have a book called Changes That Heal. And we actually read that together my senior year in the ministry that I was in. Um, a bunch of the girls read it together, and it was just so huge. Like, it talks a lot about, like, things in the past and healing trauma and all of these oh. things. But they bring in some of the boundaries conversation of, like, this is your fence, and you can control what's in your yard. And, like, they use the analogy, like, if someone throws their trash into your yard, they need to come get it out. Like, it's not your job to be in charge of their trash, which is, like, their feelings about you or not about you. Like, just stay in your lane kind of thing, and if other people are not, then they're not, and it's not on you. We also share the same therapist, and she also uses that analogy often. We love you so much. Yes, we do. Um, which is funny, like, because she introduced that to me, was like, you have a fence and you're allowed to, like, let people in your yard through your gate and they could not come on the porch and that's okay. Yeah. Or you're going to let them on the porch and that's kind of like my space. You're now in my space, in my bubble, like, and you can let them in the house or not. Yeah. And that idea changed my life. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. It's not unlocked for everyone to enter. Right. And, and leave. just come, like, steal my stuff and trash everything. And, uh, like, I just have to let it happen. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Preach that. What I do love about being an Enneagram, too, um, is, like, I am, like, a fixer. Like, I really want to be a good listener, and I really try my best. But also, like, I want to help you. Like, I said this earlier. Like, I've been in dark places. I don't want you to be in a dark place. Like, I want to pull you out of that. And it's not always my place, too. And gosh, as a mom, like, already that's so hard. Like, I just want to fix everything for my daughter. And I'm like, I have to let her fail. I have to let her face hardship, like all of these yeah. things. But what I love doing is like baking for people or opening my <laughs> home or yeah. sending dinner or getting a yeah. gift card. Like all of those things are things that I can do to make someone happy, like yeah. cheer them up, help them feel better, make things a little bit less hard. Um, and those are things that just kind of come naturally to me which I'm really thankful for like I love having people in our home I love making food for people um and that just like is just a tangible way to like show the love of Jesus um and I'm thankful that that's not something I have to like work at right um that I just get to do and then it is a blessing for me too like you know hopefully if there are areas where you're serving like you're experiencing that like when you pour it out, you also get poured into. And so for I just sure. love, like, for any grand twos, that definitely, I think, is the case. And that's how you know you're in your sweet spot. Yeah. When it's not absolutely debilitating draining. Yeah. And you need a vacation. Right. From serving. Yeah. For sure. 
Love it. Oh, I love it. I I I know there's a lot of controversy about Enneagram, but around here we like it. It's yes. a tool. Like if you listen to Renee's um episode, she's like, it's a tool, it has its flaws, but you know, the Bible is gospel. Everything else, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like it was part of my journey was learning. Like hundred percent. I'm an Enneagram too. And there are other people that are this way. And yeah. like here's what happens when you're not healthy. Like all yeah. of those like healthy lines and unhealthy lines. Right. And I was like, Whoa, I'm over here on the unhealthy line. Like it definitely <laughs> was a tool for me. Like it yeah. never felt like a box for me. It was yeah. like I am very much an external processor, and so having, like, a tool tell me, like, here are the things you're doing. Here's maybe why. Here's, you know, a route that you could take or a different perspective was really helpful. So good. So good. I love it. And part of, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like in college, when you're college age, you don't have to be in college, but when you're college age, you're out of that high school hometown maybe you're figuring your life out it's such a huge piece of growing up is figuring out who in the world am I yeah and what makes me do the things I do right and I think the Enneagram is so good for that um because it's like oh no wonder I look for validation all I want to do is be loved yeah I just want you to be like you are a rock star yeah and that makes me feel great um but yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. We're going to dive into some, some harder stuff. Yeah. Um, so good. I know that you, Emily, openly talk about your baby in heaven. And I also want you to know you can reveal as much or as little as you feel comfortable um, to today. This is your story to tell. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of want you to, you know, tell us what you want about yeah. that today. Um, and this is a pretty sensitive topic. Um, so people, the term miscarriage is not talked about enough. Yeah. Because that's a very isolating thing. Mm-hmm. I have not experienced that, but I've walked with people who have. And so, um, you're very open and very gracious and kind uh, about your story. Yeah. And Emily's story is not going to be the same as yours if you had a miscarriage. Um, but it is a story of how God has, like, in your family and all the things. But I want you to take the floor. Yeah. Talk to us about it. Um, anything you want to share? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, like Haley said, miscarriage is huge um, and people are not talking about it. Like that was one of the things for me. One in four, not women have a miscarriage, one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. So that could be more than one in four women that have a miscarriage. Um, Or it could be less. You know, some women have multiple miscarriages. I have a friend who just walked through that around the same time that we had a miscarriage. Um, It's debilitating either way but like just that statistic and then it's like but don't talk about it you know like it's uncomfortable it's hard like whatever um thankfully maybe not thankfully I don't know um when I was in college I walked through a journey with anxiety depression finally labeling it that I have been walking with that for a long time sure but finally calling what it was um, and there were all these people I remember that it just seemed like came out of the woodworks. Like I have anxiety too. I have depression too. And like, that was my first spark of like, why are we not talking about this? Like so many people are walking through this and no one is talking about it. Yeah. So I became very open on my social media and my life about my work through anxiety, depression, what that walk was like for me, um, taking medication, going to therapy, all of those things. Um, and so then when we had a miscarriage, like that kind of became, you know, my second like soapbox to get on. Like all of these people are walking through it. And like Haley said, it can be super uncomfortable. And I was there for a season. Like I didn't want to talk to people with babies or talk to people who had miscarriages or listen to a podcast about it or whatever. But then there was a season that I did. Um, and so I guess all that just to preface like that is why I'm here. Like 
gosh, it is just so important to me to know, like, you are not alone. There are not enough people talking about it. And I think if you're comfortable with it, you should. Like, that's not, I don't think anyone's trying to make you feel ashamed of that. But again, like, if you're talking about your miscarriage and it is healing to you and it makes other people feel uncomfortable, that's not on you. Like, you share your story if that's what you want to do. Because you're allowed to, you. to. Right. Yeah. You're allowed to talk about the hard, uncomfortable things. And, like, I hope that you find safe people who really want to listen to you. Yes. And that is, thankfully, like, all that I have found. But sometimes people are going to be like, oh, okay, bye. Like, you know, weird about it. Not on you. Yeah. Like, you can share your story. You cannot share your story also. Like, it is your story. And so, to me, sharing it is just huge, being open about it, yeah. letting people know, like, you're not alone. You didn't do anything wrong. Um, you didn't do anything to cause this to happen or to earn this. Like, it is just part of living in a broken world. Um, yeah. So, that's why, like, I was like, yes, absolutely, I want to talk about this. Um, it's hard. It's a lot. But I think it's so important. And for me, it has been really healing like sharing our story and getting to hopefully like use this to help other people just like gives it a little bit of meaning for me, you know, not that hard things have to have meaning or have to have purpose or whatever, but I think sometimes it's helpful if they do. And so, you know, Enneagram too, I want to help people. So like maybe that is a purpose around the pain that I walked through. And if that is like, great. And also it's good for me to, you know, like I said, external processor. I want to talk it out. (laughs) All the things. So, and I think it was important that you said, don't, I hope people catch this, that for a season you didn't talk about it Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. When you're in the midst of I, I just think, like, you're in the middle of the mud and you're, like, in quicksand. Feel yeah. like all you're doing is sinking. You don't have to talk about it. Like, it could be years. It could be decades. Yeah. Um, and maybe you feel like, I don't feel like I can talk about it at all. I encourage you to find someone super safe. Like, yeah. confidentially safe that you pay to be safe. Like <laughs> yep. a therapist. Yes. Um. If no one else. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, my heart really hurts when I hear that, you know, I love that you were able to find people that were super, super safe for you to talk about. And that's so unbelievably amazing. Yeah. And for some people, maybe you're in an abusive situation, you're in a very scary situation, or you just, your trust isn't there. Yeah. Um, that's okay. And I encourage you to even God's a pretty safe person mm-hmm. um, to talk about if For anybody sure. else. So, yeah. Well, I, um, you, when walking through this with you was my first experience of walking with somebody who had experienced that. I did not realize one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. Yeah. That is more than kids who experience sexual trauma and I see that every day yeah that's really heartbreaking to me yeah and I do um I do want to share our story um I wanted to just kind of preface it with that but yeah yeah, I think for me something that has been huge is the way that God showed up in the details of our story um and just of course seeing most of that in hindsight of course Um, But yeah, just, you know, Haley gave a disclaimer. There's lots of disclaimers from us because we care about your feelings and (laughs) a huge topic. Um, So just for me, like that was the most important thing to hear afterwards was that this is very normal and it is okay. Um, Yeah, so for our story, it is comical the way it started as things when you're walking with the Lord, I feel like usually are in the timing of things. 
Um, so it was the end of 2021. So still kind of in COVID, but like coming up for air a little bit. Yeah. Things are open a lot more. Um, we're just wearing masks and then pretty much going about our daily life. But still like a very weird time to be alive. 100%. Um, and my husband and I both have felt on our hearts for a long time that we wanted our family to be a mix of biological kids and foster kids or adopted kids or something like that. Sure. Um, that is kind of part of my husband's story. Um, and then just for me, again, Enneagram 2, I want to love all the babies, yeah. um, give them all the good things. Um, so we had actually just finished going through training to get certified as foster parents. That's right. Um, yeah. And when I say finished, like, of course, this is tends to be how we do things. Like, did everything but the last, like, two steps. Like, so we never officially got certified. But, like, <laughs> you know... <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I feel like people look at our lives and they're like, what are you doing? Uh, but we, it's a we, long process. We don't know. Like, it, <laughs> we don't know either. It's like six months of taking classes yeah. and getting background checks and having social workers come look at your home and tell you what you need to fix. Like, all of these things. Um, and then, of course, we're, like, getting so close to finishing it. It's around the holidays. And we just kind of, like, look at each other at this one point and are like, so... I feel like God is calling us to have a baby. Oh, good vibe. And my husband was like, yep. We're like, what on earth? Like, what is this? <laughs> of course. Um, so we're like, well, that makes zero sense to us and to anyone around us that we've been telling everyone, like, we're going to be foster parents. Yeah. JK. Um, so we luckily um, got pregnant very quickly. Um, this was, like I said, around the holidays. At the beginning of January, we found out that we were pregnant. Um, as you do as first time parents, we like told everyone right away. Um, <laughs> and my family, my aunt has a history of miscarriages, but like my mom had three healthy pregnancies. Yeah. My sister had two healthy pregnancies that were super normal. So like, it just didn't ever cross my mind that it would be me. Um, so it never crossed my mind to like worry about telling people or keep it a secret or any of those things. Like, Told my family, told our closest friends, um, all of these things. My sister-in-law also was pregnant, and our due dates were two weeks apart. Um, so, like, super exciting. We're going to walk through this together. We're going to have babies together. Um, and then on January 20th, which was a Thursday, um, I, right before I went to bed, had started bleeding. So, of course, like, went into panic mode Texted my sister-in-law, like, oh my gosh, I'm bleeding. What is happening? She was pregnant with her second kid. So I'm like, she knows. Yeah. She's one of the people who knows we're pregnant. Um, and she was like, first of all, take a deep breath. Very hard to do when you're a pregnant woman who is bleeding or experiencing any kind of health, anything. Sure. Um, this could be something bad or something totally normal. Um, and that was the answer that I got for days, which yeah. was hard but also true like I had a healthy pregnancy and there were some times that some health things happened that were totally normal um that as you know probably was not the case this yeah. time um so went to bed slept maybe some not really um she was like if you're still bleeding in the morning call the doctor so I woke up was still bleeding Luckily, it was really snowy, and I'm a teacher, which meant it was a snow day. Didn't have to go to school Like that the day. only one that year. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Um, my husband had a pretty flexible job at the time, so he was like, I'm not coming in today. I'm going with my wife. We're going to the doctor. Um, so the doctor that we were seeing was 45 minutes away from where we live because we were using midwives, um, and that was where they worked. So we drove the, like, horrible, awful, super long 45 minutes to go to the hospital. Yeah. Um, and on the way there, we were listening to worship music and just praying over our baby. Um, and we knew that the girl name we had picked out was Adalia. Um, spoiler alert, our little girl, who's <laughs> one now, um, is named Adalia. But we, at the time, thought, we were only six weeks pregnant, so we knew nothing about this baby. Um, but we thought it was a girl, because we felt yeah. very strongly we were going to have a baby and name her Adalia. So we were praying for Adalia on our way to the doctor. Um, and I just kept hearing the Lord say to me the name Jasper. 
And I was like, that's weird. Because it was on our boy name list, but we didn't have a boy name picked out that we liked. Because Well, six weeks, it, that's not like a long time. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. And part of it being a teacher, like, I hate every name that <laughs> exists. Because, yes. like, whether I like the student or didn't, like, it, that's who that person is to me. And so right. it's just really hard to pick a name. So I was like, hmm, didn't say anything to my husband about it, but like just like the Lord was interrupting my prayers for Adalia to say Jasper to me. Um, so hold on to that little nugget of information. We'll come back to that. So that was our car ride. We went, did some testing. So when you think maybe you're having a miscarriage, you don't just like go to the doctor and get a test done and they tell you like this is what it is. They, like, test your hormone levels, and then you come back three days later and oh have them gosh. tested again oh. to see if they go up or down. So, that was the first, like, gut punch. Like, I'm not even going to find out today, yeah. and I have to wait three more days oh. to do another test and then wait for the results. Right. So, basically, it was three days of, like, reading way too many things on the internet that were not helpful. Like, don't do that. <laughs> it's not going to make it better. Um, and just letting myself get in this cycle of like, maybe it's fine or maybe it's not like just spiraling everything in my head. Um, some people knew that there were some complications. They were asking how we were doing. I didn't know the answer to that. Yeah. It was a long three days. So we were going to go back to the doctor on Monday, Sunday morning. My husband wakes up with a fever and we take COVID tests and we have COVID. So you can't go to the doctor. Right. So theoretically, you can't go to the doctor, except for the fact that our midwives were super amazing. Oh. And they were like, this matters more. Oh. You need to come in. If you have midwives in your area that you can work with, like, highly recommend them. This time when we had a miscarriage was the best medical care I have received mm. in my whole life. And, like, medicine, yes, but also care. Like, yeah. they were just so kind. So, I was freaking out, but they were like, no, come in anyway. So, this was the time when they had someone in the hospital, like, asking you as you come in if you had any COVID symptoms. They said And the nurse met me at the door, and she was like, she's fine, and walked me back to the room. Like, just so kind. Everyone was, like, double masked, all of these things, but also, like, I'm so sorry you feel bad. Yeah. Like, just so caring. So, I go, I get more work done, and then still don't find out that day. But they do say at that point, like, you're still bleeding. You probably are having a miscarriage. Right. Um, so I start having to wrap my mind around the fact that probably I had lost or was losing our baby. Um, but, of course, there was still, like, that hope sneaking in of, like, but maybe it's not. Like, you could be bleeding for all of these reasons. Like, maybe it's yeah, fine. Sure. And just letting myself read into every single thing. Like, I'm nauseous. Maybe it's morning sickness. Maybe I'm still pregnant. No, I have COVID. I've been crying for three days. Like, that's <sighs> yes. what it was. Yes. Um, so then Tuesday morning, wake up to the call that we had had a miscarriage. Um, and... It, you know, what else do you say about that? Like, that was the call that we got. Um, and it was hard. Um, but right away, I saw, like, we have COVID. And we have to quarantine. And we're home together for a week. Like, yeah. I don't have to go try and teach second graders with a smile on my face. Yeah. And pretend like everything's fine. Um, it was still the time when, like, your days were being excused because of COVID because you had to stay home. So, like, I'm not using my sick days Dang. to what a blessing stay home. That is. Like, yeah. we had the gift right away of, like, time to just process it together. Um, so then, you know, we were just walking through grief, um, trying to live life, trying to think of ways to, like, honor this baby that we had lost. Um, and so I had told my husband that I kept hearing the name Jasper as we were driving back and forth. And, like, maybe this is what we need to name this baby that we lost. So we looked up the meaning of Jasper, like, what that name means. And the meaning of Jasper is treasurer. And so as soon as I heard that, like, my jaw hit the floor because I had had a dream, like, I don't know, three, four months before, of um, this baby boy in a treasure chest. 
and we were going through our foster training. So to us, that meant, oh, we're going to foster a baby boy. Um, because it was this weird dream of like, he was there and he was ours, but we couldn't really like access him. And so we were like, oh, it's that like, he's not really quote unquote ours. Like we're going to foster him. Um, and just realizing like, no, that was a dream about this baby that we would lose to miscarriage. Um, and knowing like as hard as it could feel like God knew all along, like also how comforting that was like three, four months ago, God was preparing my heart for what we would walk through. And he was trying to show me like, I know about this. I am in control. Like I'm going to be with you in this situation. Um, and so that was just like, I mean, all the emotions, like beautiful, hard, heartbreaking, encouraging, like all of the things. And so our baby boy that is in heaven is named Jasper. Uh, My husband has a tattoo on his arm with his name and the treasure chest. Our daughter like looks at it all the time (laughs) and like points to it and smiles at it. And it just is so sweet. Um, But that was part of healing too. Of like, this is not just some baby. Like this is our son and his name is Jasper. And he is a person that is in heaven with Jesus that we will get to meet one day. Yeah. Um, and so that was just, and just like feeling God's hand, like so present in all of that. Like he told me his name. He revealed to us that like he existed and yeah. that like God knew about him before it was even a thought in our minds. Um, just was so beautiful and so comforting and just like felt like a hug from the Lord in a really hard time. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean when you guys told us that dream, I I was sobbing, crying. I'm I'm a very sensitive person anyway, but now as you're like sharing and I've heard it over and over and over, yeah. there's just tears streaming down my face because first of all, how gentle and kind is God and also it doesn't mean we don't go through things that are hard. Yeah. Um so Oh, gosh. Yeah. And my husband said something to me in this time that also made it really beautiful. Um, And you'll see this probably some if you look up, like, miscarriage things. Um, But he was just talking about, like, our son gets to spend his whole life with Jesus. Yeah. Like, he didn't have to walk on the earth first and experience, like, sin and hardship and brokenness. Like, he just gets to go right to Jesus and live in, like, perfection all of his life. And, like, you know, how hard and selfish of me that I'm like, no, I want him to be here. Yes, though. Like, yes. it just, like, tugs on your heart as a mom of, like, gosh, I want my baby. But that is such a gift to them. Like, that is such a better life for him to have. Like, yeah. he, like, that's so amazing for him, as hard as it is for me. Oh, so. Yeah, that would be a hard thing to swallow and to accept. Yeah. Yeah. All right, friend. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Is there anything you want to add that we didn't get to talk about? Um, I think just something that I, like, really wanted to share as someone who has gone through it is just maybe, like, a couple of practical things for, like, walking through grief. Um, And also for friends who have people walking through grief. Um, So part of that for me was like having people ask about him. Yeah. Like what has God revealed to you about him? Because like I have gotten to see him in like glimpses, which has been amazing. Um, As we've celebrated like anniversaries of the loss and what would have been his birthday, like God has revealed to us like his favorite color is green. And, you know, like, having friends that that's not crazy, that, like, yeah. the Lord told me my baby in heaven likes right. the color green. Right. Um, and just, there's this quote that says, like, when you ask people about their loss, like, their parent that died, or their baby that was stillborn, or their baby that they miscarried, you're not reminding them that they lost someone, you're reminding them that you care, yeah. and that you remember that they lost someone. So, like, it can feel really hard and uncomfortable, and there's the thought of, like, it might make them sad. I don't want to bring it up. 
Um, but from almost every person I've talked to about this, like they want to be asked. They want you to remember this person that was significant to them. Yeah. Um, and just be willing to listen. Um, people are really afraid to say the wrong thing. And sure, that happens sometimes. Um, but just be willing to enter into that conversation. Be willing to let them talk about it. Um, some people might not want to, and that's also fine, but some people don't really feel, like I said, it's uncomfortable. Some people don't want to enter in that conversation. So if you can be someone that enters into that space with them, like, I think that would make them feel really loved. Um, and then on the grieving side, like, just do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Like, you know, Haley and I have talked and I'm like, you know, I know in the season you're in, it can be hard to see me with my daughter. And it will not offend me if you yeah. unfollow me on social media, <laughs> if you don't come to my house. Like, I did lots of unfollowing people, blocking pages that had stuff about babies. Because, gosh, after I had a miscarriage, every single person in my life was having a baby. Yeah. Like, it no just felt kidding. like that. And yeah. it was so hard. Um, so just take the space you need to take. Don't feel bad about it. Like, do what you need to do for you. Um, therapy, highly recommend. Like I had all kinds of ugly things to say about the world and yeah. about God and about people who were having babies. And that was, like Haley said, a paid confidential <laughs> safe place. <laughs> We're like, but we are also, we are also convinced we share the best therapist. Yes. In the world. She's amazing. And and we're not saying her name because we don't want to share. Yeah. No, you can't have her. Betterhelp.com. Go there. Yes. <laughs> Sponsor me. I would love that. Yeah. But yeah, um, finding that safe place to talk. Um, and just like knowing that grief is called a cycle. But yeah. really, it's kind of like when you play like pinball. Like there are stages, but you don't go to them in order. Like right. you just kind of bounce around and that is okay. Like... One day you'll be crying, and then the next day you'll feel fine, and then you'll be crying because you feel fine, yes. and that feels weird, and it's like, oh my gosh, have I forgotten my baby? Like, oh. no, you're healing. Um, so yeah, just like give yourself the grace to be in whatever place you're in, take the time that you need, take the space that you need. Um, just, it is a process, and there is light at the end, like know that God is not going to leave you in that place like whatever that might look like even if it is more miscarriages or infertility like time heals things there were days I thought I'm just going to lay on my couch and cry for the rest of my life because there will never be a day that I don't feel sad about this and like do I feel sad about it all the time sure but like I hardly ever cry about it anymore I live a normal life um I am very blessed to have a healthy baby girl now, um, and the journey to her was filled with lots of fear and all kinds sure. of things. But that's a whole other thing. It's yes, yeah. pregnancy after loss is its own beast. But just try to hold on to the reminder that God does not leave you in that place. Yeah. Like there is another side, and there is healing. And our amazing therapist told me the quote, um, <laughs> God created us, the world, with the ability to heal. Like, when you get a paper cut, it doesn't stay there forever. Like, the skin closes back. Yes. And they're, in, like, lizards. If, you, if their tail comes off, they grow a new one. Like, That's literally so the whole earth is made for seasons, for things to die in the winter and come back in the spring. Like... You don't stay in that place forever. That's so good. Oh, I just love her. <laughs> She's the best. Um, oh, thank you. What? So our last question. Yeah. We ask everybody. Where have you seen hope around you in your life recently? Yeah. Um, I think you kind of alluded to this earlier, but like just the prayers that I had three years ago, I just see them answered in my yeah. life right now like there were things in the beginning of marriage that were hard that aren't hard anymore and that is amazing and I was so lonely and wanted friends and now like we just have the best friends the best little community of people who are around our same age um 
And, you know, like I said, we longed for a baby. And now, like, we, at the time of recording, are getting ready to celebrate her first birthday. And, like, just, I don't know. Life is just good right now. And there are times in the past three years I would not have been able to say that. Um, So just, it is hope for me. Like, the past, I think, is really good at giving hope. And... I hope that that feels hopeful for you. Um, If you're mad at me for saying that my life is good, that's fine. You're allowed to feel mad. Um, Totally. I've been there. But I hope that it gives hope to you, too. Like, I would not have said that very many times over the past three years, and that is the season that I'm living in now. And it's just such a gift. I'm so thankful for it. Oh, I love you. I love you. All right, friends. That's it for us today. Uh, Breathe deep. Breathe out and find hope around you today. And we'll talk soon, friends. Thanks for listening to the Hope Blooms podcast. We hope you felt loved and left with a little bit of hope today. Don't forget to subscribe and review this podcast on the platform that you listen to. And please share and tag us so we can reach others um, as we share the hope of heaven. Have a great day, guys, and we'll talk soon.